Welcome to the Patient Safety Podcast. This series is brought to you with the support of W21C in the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. This episode features Dr. Leanne Ginsberg, Associate Professor in the School of Health Policy and Management at York University. Leanne's research focuses on learning from patient safety failures, and we reached Leanne in Toronto to get her thoughts on patient safety culture and climate. She explains here the difference between patient safety culture, climate, and behaviors, and why climate is important. She also discusses where we are at with patient safety climate and how it could be improved. Here is Leanne Ginsberg. The purpose of this podcast is really to try to update our thinking about patient safety culture and patient safety climate. The safety culture of an organization or of a unit really informs so much of what we do in healthcare and how we do it. So it's really critical that as a sector, we understand what it is, what assessments of of safety climate mean, and that we're continuously mindful of how to strengthen and improve patient safety culture and safety climate. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about three things. I'll start by outlining what I mean by patient safety culture and patient safety climate and why these are important concepts. Then I'm going to comment a little bit on sort of where we are. So to what extent do we have a strong and positive patient safety climate in healthcare? And then thirdly, I want to discuss the importance of looking at safety climate strengths in addition to climate levels. So we tend to focus on how positive or negative a safety climate is, but there's a lot to be gained from also looking at how strong the safety climate is in an organization. And to date, really, this has been relatively unexplored in healthcare. My first point, what is patient safety culture and patient safety climate? And these are two sort of different but related concepts. They tend to be often talked about interchangeably, but I think it's important just to sort of lay them out briefly. Climate really is an experientially based sort of perception of what happens to people, to staff in an organizational situation. It reflects employees' perceptions of the kinds of behaviors that are sort of praiseworthy versus the kinds of behaviors that might be punishable. When we talk about culture, it really resides at a a deeper level. So it's more about the shared basic assumptions and values and beliefs that characterize a healthcare setting. And really, it helps define why things happen in an organization. So in a way, climate has been described as being sort of like a window through which organizational culture can be viewed. Both culture and climate are about reality of what goes on in an organization, not sort of rhetoric. They're about what's experienced by staff, not about what's espoused by the organization. And of course, we hope that what's espoused and what's experienced are the same thing, but that's not always the case. Leadership is generally agreed to be kind of the primary culture embedding mechanism. And so staff tend to develop climate perceptions at two levels. So on the one hand, they'll develop climate perceptions of the overall organization, but also of their own unit or department where they work. And sometimes these organization level and unit level perceptions are consistent. So sometimes I might see strong safety leadership both by my immediate supervisor and also by the senior leaders. But sometimes there's, there are discrepancies between these two sort of levels. Safety 
climate is different from safety behaviors. So it's not about reporting systems or handoffs and transitions. It's really about the fundamental value of safety relative to other things like efficiency or hierarchy in a setting. If you imagine, if I'm a staff physician or a nurse working with a trainee and that trainee makes an error, the climate or the culture of a setting will influence what kind of response takes place. So is the response to sort of finger point, maybe put a note in the trainee's file or perhaps scold the offender in front of the patient and his family? Or is the response more supportive and learning oriented? Maybe it includes discussion with the trainee about vulnerabilities in, say, the medication delivery system or whatever system contributed to the error. So the first approach shows, you know, that finger pointing shows really that power and hierarchy are the most valued things in the organization, while the latter approach suggests that safety really is the priority over power and and hierarchy. And really anyone who's working in that organization learn pretty quickly what the safety climate is like there. Why is uh, safety climate and safety culture an important topic? Patient safety climate is predictive of safety behaviors. For example, if you have a climate that values code of silence and protecting one's peers over patient safety, then you're not going to be very successful at doing things like root cause analysis or learning following patient safety events. It's also important that the absence of a strong and positive patient safety culture is almost always identified as a key contributing factor when we have major safety failures. So in healthcare, when you look at reports around the Bristol Royal Infirmary deaths or the Winnipeg Pediatric Cardiac Surgery death. In both of those instances, the lack of a strong safety climate was highlighted as a major contributing factor. And we see this outside of healthcare too. When you look at the reports around the crash of the space shuttle Challenger, you you see similar explanations. And lastly, it's important because there's some evidence to support the relationship between safety culture and safety outcomes. And I'm going to revisit this one reason why this evidence isn't stronger when I get to my third point. The second thing that I was going to talk about is where are we, you know, do we have a strong and positive patient safety cultures? Well, we know that patient safety climate varies within and across healthcare organizations. And in some clinical areas, so such as one ICU that I studied recently, there is evidence of very strong, very positive safety climate. It is possible to create strong, positive patient safety climates in healthcare settings. However, overall, at present, I would say that the current evidence and expert opinion suggest that we still have a ways to go to create strong, positive safety climates consistently throughout healthcare. For instance, only about 50% of new graduates in nursing, pharmacy, and medicine in a recent study that we published felt they could actually approach someone they saw engaging in unsafe practice. Uh, Similarly, nearly 80% of those new graduates agreed that it's difficult to question decisions and actions of people that have more authority. So I think these are sort of pretty good indicators of safety climate that could be more positive. We recently developed and pilot-tested a patient safety OSCE, and we were quite shocked by the level of receptivity among nursing and medical students who participated in the pilot. And what they explained is that they get very little to no training on the kind of sociocultural aspects of patient safety, such as how to manage or respond to unprofessional behaviors that threaten patient safety. So I think overall I'd argue that we've got a ways to go to create strong and positive patient safety cultures across healthcare where staff feel empowered and encouraged to speak up when they become aware of of patient safety problems. The third thing, the last thing that I want to really talk about is I want to kind of encourage people to think about climate strengths in addition to climate level when they're considering these issues. 
Patient safety climate surveys are the kind of main way that organizations tend to get a snapshot of the safety climate for their organization. However, when these surveys are used, reporting typically focuses on the level. So for instance, we might look at data or get data that says 60% of staff in the organization agree that senior leadership values safety over productivity. This is one item on the Canadian Patient Safety Culture Survey. What we don't tend to ask is the next logical question, which is whether the other 40% are sort of neutral on this issue or whether many of them actually strongly disagree that senior leadership values safety over productivity or are staff really divided on this question. And climate strength sort of tells us about the extent to which staff are really in agreement in their climate perception. And when climate is strong, then behavioral expectations are clear, and this tends to facilitate more uniform safety behaviors. Climate strength is a kind of related but separate and important concept. If you can imagine another survey item that reflects uh, supervisory leadership for safety. So again, the Canadian Patient Safety Culture Survey has a question that says something like, my supervisor or manager seriously considers staff suggestions for improving safety. And you could have two units that score four out of five on this item, indicating that sort of on average staff agree with the statement. Now, if that score of four out of five comes from all staff rating the item a four, then staff are really strongly in agreement about how their manager behaves the climate is strong on that unit, and it's quite likely that staff would routinely make suggestions for how to improve patient safety. However, you could also have a score of four out of five on another unit if some staff strongly disagree that the manager considers staff suggestions for improving safety, while a small number strongly agree with the statement. And in that instance, staff are not in agreement about the manager, you've got a much weaker climate, you've got unclear behavioral expectations, and ultimately there are likely to be far fewer suggestions from staff about changes that can be made to improve safety. If your organization collects or receives patient safety climate data, you want to look at the the mean scores, so that climate level, but you also want to look at something like a simple histogram just to get a a picture of how weak or strong the climate is on a unit or, or in the organization. And so for researchers, my instinct is that one of the reasons the relationship between safety climate and safety outcomes has received only modest support in the literature is that we haven't paid enough attention or or much attention at all to the role of climate strength in this relationship. And there's a a pretty good body of work in the organizational literature that shows the relationship between climate and outcomes is actually quite strong when climate is strong, but it's not a particularly strong relationship if climate is weak. So there's some interactions that need to be studied further by safety researchers. To sum up, I've sort of tried to make four points. First, safety climate sort of reflects employee perceptions of the extent to which safety behaviors are rewarded and supported on a unit and in an organization. Second, safety climate is important because it really predicts engagement in safety behaviors. And in addition, there is some evidence that safety climate is positively related to safety outcomes. Thirdly, the state of safety climate varies, but overall needs to be strengthened and improved in both practice settings and in health professional educational settings. And finally, there's a variety of of ways in which patient safety research and practice would really benefit from looking more closely at the strength of a unit or organization's safety climate in addition to the level of safety climate in that setting. That was Leanne Ginsberg talking about patient safety climate. This episode, the 41st in our series, marks the end of this season. We will be back in September 2015 with brand new episodes. 
Got a topic you want us to explore? Let us know by emailing us at w21cedu at ucalgary.ca. We also remind you to visit patientsafetypodcast.com to find materials referenced in this or any other episode. All of our episodes are there for download, or you can get them through w21c.org, or subscribe to the series for free from iTunes. As always, thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you in September.